Hello and welcome to this In Conversation series with some of UQ's highest achieving alumni, the 2020 UQ Alumni Award winners. My name is Madonna King and my guest is Sally McPherson, who has been awarded the college's UQ Alumni Award. Sally attended Women's College from 1999 until 2002, where her legacy lives on. A keen student, she completed business management and arts degrees and received Dean's Honour Roll recognition in the School of Media, Arts and Entertainment. And that somehow led to the world's first online marketplace for plant and equipment. Sally McPherson, welcome. Hi guys, thanks for having me. So what brought you to UQ in the first place? So I couldn't get out of Townsville quick enough, if I'm honest. Um, (laughs) So I uh, joined Women's College, uh, yes, immediately after high school and best thing ever did. What was it about Women's College though? Did you know anyone there when you first applied? No, I didn't. Um, I just, you know, it had a really great reputation and it was a sort of non-denominational sort of a college. It just fit. What did you love about college? I have this saying, um, (laughs) if I had nine lives, I'd go to college in eight of them. So I had so much fun and I didn't really enjoy high school all that much. But the moment I got to college, you know, I felt like I found my people and I, I, the friendships that I, I made then endure today, you know, they're still my bridesmaids and um, my best mates. I did something really predictable, which is I married a John's guy that I met later in life. And um, all of our friends are John's, women's, Emmanuel, you know, and, and we've got literally hundreds of friends here in Queensland with their kids and businesses and we all work in the sort of corporate space. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's just a massive network of people that grew up together. They were all from regional sort of Queensland or other places. And we just have so much in common and, and you know, the ties run really thick. It sounds like you really made the most of college and formed these lasting connections. What was it about the kind of camaraderie and support you found there? You know, I I don't know. It's really hard to kind of put into words how wonderful that is. Like those years are so formative and you're really defining who you are and you get out of a very institutionalized situation in high school and, you know, you you start to think differently and you know, a lot of us came out of the small towns and the regional regional areas and we weren't city kids. And so, you know, that's a common thread that runs through the colleges. And I think, I just think it's so important for, for those years of your life to build those friendships. And, and they are, they just matter so much to me today, even now. Oh, yes. As a college kid, I really agree. But let's move on to what you achieved since college. Just tell me about ISIC Plant. Yeah, so we've built the largest, um, the world's largest online database of plant and equipment for construction, mining and industrial services projects. So we've catalogued 320,000 individual machines, um, 9,500 suppliers, and we've created a central marketplace for the construction industry. It's a B2B marketplace. And it basically, you know, guys that need a machine on the site, they come to our site, they have a specification they put it in um, and then we serve them up all the local suppliers in the area with that pit of gear or that service. Okay. And in addition to that, you are the first female earth-moving blogger in the world. How did that come about? So the, the blog was always, it was always side hustle to the main business, which was the marketplace of equipment. Me and my brother and another guy, Matt, got together and kind of cooked this up 
back in um, 2011, 2012. By 2013, I sort of quit Microsoft and I was going to go at, at the whole thing full tilt. And I worked for two years, you know, without a salary and all that sort of stuff, all of those stories. And then I realized really quickly, like I had to teach myself to be a digital marketer because I was actually more of a traditional marketer by trade. So I was, I was retail and all that sort of stuff. I had to learn everything there was about traffic generation and I could write. And so, you know, blogging and, and social marketing was, was like the thing. And I had to learn how to do that. And I started writing and it just took off. It honestly just took off so fast because nobody else was doing it, particularly in industrial services. There was a lot of like, you know, blowback online and stuff like that, but it just, our site traffic exploded. What have been the biggest challenges? Um, so with the business, there's been so many, I can't even count. Like there's been days where I haven't been able to get out of bed. Um, you know, many times we almost went broke many, many, many situations that were so close to the wire and so terrifying. I think my biggest challenges have come at the intersection of me being a parent and this job. So I was single and free, footloose and fancy free when we started working on iSeq plant. And then I had baby number one at year three or four and baby number two a couple of years later. Also, because I'm the one that does the capital raising and I have, you know, taken capital from friends and family right through to Kerry Stokes, right through to Macquarie Bank. And, and I've, I've borne the, I guess, the weight of those shareholders on my shoulders really deeply. And so, you go, you have kids in the middle of it. You can't stop. You can't take a maternity leave. You have to keep selling. You have to deliver on what you said you were going to deliver. It's not an option to quit. And, you know, there was a couple of years, like probably three years there where I was feeling psychological torture. In your industry, are women still bearing the brunt of that decision to be a parent and a successful worker? Absolutely. I think, so my industry is construction, but also technology. So like the, the reality is, is that when you're the front person and you are, you are out there selling this concept to investors, it, it, there's no option. You just, you can't stop. There's no, you can't just go, hey guys, PS, thanks for those couple of million dollars, but I just need to take a leisurely maternity leave and I'll be back in six months. Like you just can't do it. It's not, it's not an option, right? So my, my circumstance is unique in that I'm not an employee. And I also, because I was in the middle of these big investment processes, there wasn't an option to stop. Is there a lesson you've learned along the way that has really helped maybe from a mistake you've made? Back in, um, it was like 2015, we, um, we had a competitor that was giving us like a really, really rough time. And we sort of started to think that we might need, a, need to change our business model. Um, and we pivoted and we created this sort of enterprise level SaaS product. And we thought we would go around to all the contractors and get them to use this sort of bespoke platform. Um, and the investors loved it. And we thought it was a great idea. It was very disruptive. And we put a lot of time and effort into that product. And it wouldn't have been six months to a year where we started to realize that it was a really bad idea and it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be able to be sold and we would go broke doing it and all this sort of stuff. But the investors were so into the concept because of how disruptive it could be and how amazing it could be at scale and all this sort of stuff. But we knew our audience and we knew our customers really well and we knew it wasn't going to land and we knew we had no chance of making that work. Um, and, and it was a real lesson in, um, in kind of standing your ground and 
like understanding that we always had the right business model and the, the reason that it's working so well now is because we've put nine years of work into it. So we tighten the screws, we tighten the screws again, you know, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, we're not pivoting all over the place and wasting capital. We're just doing clever things every day, data-driven decision-making, turn the screws, turn the screws, and then before you know it, you've got something that, you know, starts to spin on itself. That's just through perseverance, really. So what's the moral of that story? What was your takeout? The moral is to listen. The moral is to always to listen. There's a lot of really smart people that have contributed to ICEC Plant and to take their feedback on board, um, take it with a grain of salt and then to kind of to back yourself once once you're sure you can. Like you really, I mean, there, if we had gotten more capital at the early phase of this business, we would have wasted it all. We didn't know what we were doing. But if you've done it for, you know, five, six, seven years, you really start to get a grasp on what's going to work and what's not. And now, you know, we're in a place where we won't we won't waste the capital we have now. We know exactly what we want to spend it on and what we'll get out of it. Do you have a piece of advice you would give to someone studying at UQ today? I, I will say this to my daughters when they're old enough to understand and anyone. In, I, just, I just think you have to chuck the kitchen sink at life. Like you only have one go round and I think you need to – have as much fun as humanly possible and you need to work really hard. I think it's really it was really important to my career to stand out against the hundreds of other grads that were there and, you know, to get good marks. And I felt I felt the competitiveness of that. It's going to be even worse for graduates that are coming out now based on, you know, the economic conditions they'll be entering the job market in. I just think you've got to try really hard at everything you do and I just think you've got to find something to master learning everything about a topic and mastering it gives you so much confidence and experience and it makes your life better because you're not so, you know, stressed and um, and it gives you such an amazing amount of leverage. And I just think I want, I want my daughters to master something, whatever it is. I want them to really, really care about something and persevere through the, the crappy times and persevere through the, the tough stuff and to, to get to the other side. Best things I've ever done, I've had to persevere through some really, really, really tough days. And what about to yourself? If you were starting first year uni again, what piece of advice would you give yourself? I'd say go easy on yourself, Sal. I think my my internal um, ambition and my internal sort of dialogue gave me a lot of grief in my 20s. I think I was, you know, I've always had a chip on my shoulder. I've always been trying to prove something. And I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say go easy on yourself. <laughs> Just uh, calm down, Sally. That's great advice, Sally McPherson. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for talking to me, guys, and thanks for the award. It was such a nice surprise. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Colleges UQ Alumni Award recipient Sally McPherson. To learn more about our Alumni Award winners or for more information about the UQ Alumni programming, please visit the UQ Alumni webpage at alumni.uq.edu.au or follow UQ Alumni on social media. My name is Madonna King and thanks for listening. Listening.